Welcome to Here's Teresa on TalkZone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to all of my international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the greattalkzone.com internet radio. And I, you know, you know, I spoke to you a month ago on the 12th of March. And uh, when I last talked with you, I talked with you about all of what's going on. And um, I just... um, I'm not going to start off in a somber mood. Uh, that's not going to be happening on my on my program. I'm not going to be talking about a lot of somber things. Um, I want to talk about things that are going to be interesting, things that are going to be uplifting, informative, and educational for all my listeners out there. And I appreciate you tuning into my show. I really do appreciate you all out there. My guest is the world's best mental health therapist, Reginald C. Campbell, and he and I will be talking about topics of interest, as I said before, topics that are going to be informative and educational. We're going to have a good conversation uh, about topics that are hopefully uplifting and that will give you some guidance and some light um, in this moment of time that we're experiencing here in our lives. Regardless, listeners, um, this is a beautiful day that God has given to us as we um, have the ability to know who we are, where we are, and what we need to do this day. My prayer goes out to all of the individuals in this global society who have lost a loved one during this pandemic. I pray that you are empowered with strength and guidance so you can keep moving forward knowing how hard it is. I pray that all is well with you and your families, listeners. I know that our world is going through some really difficult times right now. Since I aired last month, things have not turned out that great dealing with the COVID-19 virus that has seemingly got our global society turned upside down and has stopped us from moving forward because it is imperative that we pay attention to the doctors and scientists and other disease specialists who know what they are talking about and who also have society's best interest at heart so we can get through this dark portion in our lives as greatly and cautiously as we can. I know that it is hard, listeners, as we have to bunker in our homes and apartments and greatly diminish our societal stances and only going out when it is necessary in order to slow the spread of this dangerous virus. And some of you out there, unfortunately, are being affected negatively. And I am so sorry that this is happening to us, as I do not take any joy in seeing people hurting and people being in despair. I stated in my last program that aired in March 
that it is important to do a number of things as we can get over this cloudy portion in our lives, listeners. For example, I said to stay prayed up and to be kind to yourselves and to others. Trust me, this too shall pass because nothing lasts forever but God's love. He sees and knows this is happening to us listeners, and he is not thrilled about it. He is fighting alongside of us, his children, whom he loves greatly. Listeners, we are well able to defeat this thing, but we must stay focused so we can continue to be prepared, which will better equip us to succeed and be victorious in not only slowing down this virus, but sending it back to the nothing from whence it comes. I implore you listeners to have hope. Without hope, we have nothing. Hope is the impetus that gives us the ability to conquer our fears. It is the medicine of light that greatly diminishes darkness that comes upon us. Hope is the director of our life's vision that leads us gallantly to defeat any negativity that has come or is trying to come and invade our lives. The definition of hope listener says that it is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. It is a feeling of trust. This is why listeners hope is so important to maintain in our lives. I want to suggest suggest to you out there not to allow yourselves to become so consumed in the news reports. Please be informed but not to the point that you're listening to it consistently throughout the day, discussing it throughout the day with your spouse, your kids, your neighbors. Don't read every bit of information that comes across our computers, your cell phones, your iPads, your iWatches. For for example, it's just going to be too much. If you notice at the end of the day, if you do bombard yourself with constant news that you have listened to and discussed all of this, that it is that that's happening in our government, um, our listeners that in your state, you know, about what's going on and what's happening in our government about this virus. Well, at the end of the day, our minds, our consciousness are whipped, worn out. You'll find you can't sleep. Because the topic of conversation throughout the day was negative topics and worry and what ifs and sadness. Your mind is negatively overloaded. I suggest that you be selective on what you are listening to and who you are listening to and how long you are listening to it. As Joel Osteen says, I believe and declare that we will get through this. It is important to consistently maintain a higher stance of thought throughout this moment. Because when we worry and we are not calm, we are depleting our immune system. A strong immune system is the best defense against any sickness. At the dinner table tonight, listeners, talk about happy things. Get up and dance and smile and laugh. Laughter releases endorphins. Wikipedia says the following about endorphins. It says endorphins are natural chemicals in the body that fight pain. Endorphins are released when a person gets hurt, but also during exercise and laughter. Endorphin resemble drugs like morphine. 
So when scientists first discovered this chemical in the 1970s, they called them endogenous morphine. You can release this through eating chocolate, exercising, making music, laughing out loud, eating your favorite food, having an uplifting conversation with your spouse or partner, dancing your favorite music, reminiscing about things that we that are pleasing to our mind's palate. These are some examples of releasing endorphins. Howie Mandel said this past weekend, suppose the killer of this virus is laughter, as he was one of the hosts for Comedy Gives Back. As you are talking at the dinner table, give examples of your plans for your life going forward, what it is you would like to do and what you are going to do in your life. You know, I love varying types of music, particularly music that is meaningful lyrically, well arranged with real people playing instruments and a singer or a group whose voices can more than carry a tune. A very short story, listeners. My husband and I were out yesterday to run necessary errands that we must do. And as we were traveling along, one of the radio stations that we listened to, um, I was, you know, thinking and started praying for humanity. The DJ played Nat King Cole's Nat King Cole's song from a while ago titled Smile. It's like it was on cue from God for me to listen to the lyrics to ease my mind. And it did. It's a beautiful song, listener, and so apropos for today, especially. For all of those who are familiar with the song, you understand what I'm saying. And for those who are not familiar with the song, pull it up and listen to the uplifting lyrics sung by Nat King Cole and the beautiful arrangement of the orchestra. Part of the lyric says, smile, though your heart is aching. Smile, even though it's breaking. When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by if you smile. Through your fear and sorrow, smile, and maybe tomorrow you'll see the sun come shining through for you. You'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just smile. It is so positively tantalizing, meaningfully, and relaxing. And lastly, listeners, as I said earlier, in my conversation. We have to maintain hope no matter what. We as God collectives must do better in our lives. We must do better with one another. There are lessons to be learned from this moment in time. My hope, listeners, is that we as spiritual beings having a human being experience here on earth I pray that we learn quickly what we need to from all of this we are going through right now. So our resurrection will be fabulous and positive. We will be stronger, more educated, more mindful as we are moving forward. Remembering the old saying, if you want to keep what you're getting, keep doing what you're doing. I want going to um, bring on my guest right now. His name is Reginald C. Campbell. 
He is the world's best mental health therapist, and I appreciate him joining me so we can have some great conversations during this broadcast. Good morning, Reginald, and thank you for being on my show today. Uh, Well, good morning, and uh, thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. No problems at all. Okay, so I want to start off with a report from CNBC. And this report says, these charts show new coronavirus cases slowing in some states, while others brace for a possible surge. And this is by Dan Mangan and John W. Schoen on 4-8-2020. Some key points in in their report says, data in recent days show a slowdown in the rate of new coronavirus cases in several U.S. states. The slowdown in new cases, even as death toll rises, raises hopes that aggressive mitigation efforts such as social distancing and closures of schools and businesses are helping to tap down the pandemic spread. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said social distancing measures adopted in his state to slow down the spread of COVID-19 cases are working. It continues to say, my listeners and regionals, that data in recent days show a slowdown in the rate of new coronavirus cases in several U.S. states, raising hopes that aggressive mitigation efforts such as social distancing and closures of schools and businesses are helping to tap down the pandemic's grim toll. But instead of relaxing those measures in the face of that potential good news, governors in those states are saying that their residents need to keep up with the practices that might have led to slowdown. If we stop what we are doing, you will see that curve change, says New York Governor Andrew Cuomo on Wednesday. Now, Reginald, other states are also seeing a marked slowdown in their race of new cases. And these states include New Jersey, Louisiana, Maine, Ohio, and Maryland, as well as Washington State, which listeners was the site of the first large number of cases in the U.S. At the same time, other states such as Kentucky, Delaware, and West Virginia have seen upticks in their rate of new cases. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards, whose state has its biggest single-day death toll on Tuesday and Wednesday, said that while the overall hospitalization number is up, the rate of growth in hospitalizations is in line with us being on a lower trajectory for case growth. Your comments so far, Reginald? Well, it's good that uh, uh, we're seeing a slowdown of, of, of new cases and things like that. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully this will, it, it, it will continue. Um, I was speaking with uh, someone, I was speaking with a nurse earlier, uh, uh, yesterday actually, it was a nurse who works here in, in the Phoenix area, in the uh, uh, Phoenix Chandler Mesa area. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she spoke of, um, uh, of the growing numbers uh, in, in this area. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, she was saying that one place that she works, she works two, two different jobs. And the one place that she works uh, last week, they had 20 beds and now this week they have 50. Um, Mm -hmm. So she said that, that, you know, we're seeing uh, somewhat of an increase here. Um, uh, But uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm hopeful, um, you know, that, that people will continue with the um, uh, social distancing, um, you know, only going out when you when you have to, if you have to go out for business or something like that, uh, which I, you know, still have to do sometime is, um, you know, practicing the, the six feet um, uh, distance, um, um, you know, you go to the store, you know, the same thing. If you're in the grocery store waiting in line, you know, give that person, uh, you know, in front of you that, that, you know, the six feet difference. And, mm-hmm. um, and like Governor Cuomo said, you know, you know, they're seeing a, uh, a, a change. And so that's a positive thing. And also quickly, I spoke with someone who resides in Chicago and, um, um, um you, you know, they were saying that, uh, um, they have seen an, an up spike as, as well uh, mm-hmm. in, in that area. So, so we just yeah. have to keep you know, know keep working at it. Yeah, we have to keep you know doing what it is that we're doing because we know that this works. Now, this um, I have a, a couple more things I want to say about this um, article that I was reading before I move on to the next thing. Edwards also said the use of ventilators on coronavirus patients have continued to slow or even drop. He had said Tuesday that the state was no longer projecting that hospitals would run out of even ventilators to treat patients in the following 10 days to two weeks. That means people won't die because they don't have a ventilator, Edwards said Tuesday, according to the New Star newspaper. Cuomo said Wednesday that social distancing measures adopted in his state are working based on the data he has seen. There is good news in what we are seeing, that what we have done and what we are doing is actually working and it makes a difference, Cuomo said at a press conference. It is flattening the curve. But he added it is not a time to get complacent. It is not a time to be doing anything different than what we are doing. And this is what I was saying, that we need to continue to do things that we know um, that, that, are, that are working and going to be beneficial to ourselves and to our society. We need to continue to do the social distancing. If you're going out, please wear a mask, okay? At the minimum, please cover your cover your bodies. Um, you know, I, I see um, people out here with uh, short shorts on and women with little tank tops on. No mask. Their children have no hats on. No mask. Um, you know, their feet, little babies, their feet are exposed. I mean, come on. Come on. You know, um, you are not immune to this. This thing is real. And this is not anything that um, it's not anything to play with. Um, so, uh, any last comments, Reginald? No, uh, nothing on that. Um, yeah, definitely, you know, when I've seen kids as well who aren't covered, um, shoes or feet are out, um, uh, please cover your children, uh, you know, cover yourself, wear a mask, um. I spoke with someone in Chicago yesterday, or it might have been the day before today's Thursday, it might have been Monday or Tuesday, and I was asking her, was she wearing a mask and gloves? And she said no. Um, so I, I, you know, advise her to please wear masks and, and gloves. You know, gloves are minimum, 
you know, so, you know, because you're touching things and, you know, things like that. So, but, um, uh, you, you know, sometimes I think it's that mindset that, um, you know, hey, it's not going to touch me or it's not that serious or, or no, I, I'm not wearing gloves or anything because I don't, uh, you know, see the seriousness of it is, is, you know, will be the thing that will stop this from slowing, from slowing down. Yeah, but see, the thing is, Reginald, that people um, need to understand, you know, is that God will do his part, but we as co-creators, that we also have to do our part. And it's very important to wear gloves, yes, but it is super duper important to wear the mask because it's the coughing, the, uh, uh, and when people talk, they're projecting spit, okay? So you don't want to breathe that in. And people, please, if you're wearing a mask, don't just cover your mouth, cover your nose. That is your, you know, one of your big parts of your breathing apparatus in your body. You know, I've, I've seen people with, um, uh, you know, huge mask on their on their mouth, but not their nose. I mean, that's you might as well not not even have anything on in that case, if that's what you're going to do. OK, because uh, one other thing is that, you know, weeks ago, I put mask on my family members, you know, and um, I was uh, telling my um, uh, engineer, shout out to Randy, that um, I have been, I've always bought masks, you know, I love Home Depot, you know, and um, I have, I have always done that throughout the years. I've always kept my home well stocked. Um, I listened to what, um, my father said to me about keeping your home well stocked so that if you don't have to go out of your house for a while, you don't have to worry about, oh, I need to run out and get toilet paper. I don't I I, and I need to run out and get this. I, oh, my God. You know, we don't have any meat, you know, and my father has um, my father transitioned back in 1971. So I'm just you know, I'm just saying, OK, those are words that he said to me um, um way before he left, and I've just always held on to him. So it's very important to wear your mask, cover your body, and wear your gloves, okay? Minimize your time out there. You know, this is not a time to be out gallivanting and, you know, um, talking. I know you miss your friends and your family and things like that, but it's all going to, there's nothing that's going to last forever but God's love. I'm going to say that all the time. However, you have to do your part. Now, let's go on to the next thing, Reginald. It says um, this next report uh, by uh, Catherine Watson says um, people are wondering when will life turn back to normal? Kind of uh, a segue of what I just said. And um, well, CBS News reported on 4-8-2020. Here's what needs to happen for America to return to normal. Now, it says in part, when will life return to normal? It's what parents with kids stuck at home, people out of work, and Americans across the country want to know. What will it mean to live in a post-coronavirus world? So um, that person in the White House that slaves build is raring to open up the country as soon as possible. Experts warn a few critical things need to be in place for life to return to some version of what it was before the country essentially shut down in March. 
even though life might not be quite the same, many people may alter their behavior and reconsider going to large gatherings that were previously commonplace. If back to normal means acting like there was never a coronal problem, coronavirus problem, I'm sorry, I don't think that's going to happen until we do have a situation where you can completely protect the population, said Dr. Anthony Fauci, head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, during Monday's White House Coronavirus Task Force meeting. But when we say getting back to normal, we mean something very different from what we're going through right now, because right now we are in a very intense mitigation. When we get back to normal, we will go back gradually to the point where we can function as a society. Your comments so far, Reginald? Yeah, I I, I don't think that um, it things will be the same after after this. I I think that um, you know it will. Um, you know, it has definitely changed uh, things and people and and the world uh, for the better. I'm, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that. Uh, but after having said that and and, and thought about it, um, you know, I I worked with uh, clients in the beginning, middle, and ending stages of HIV and AIDS for for two years. Um, my last few years in Chicago. This is probably yeah, ten years ago. Uh, uh, 12 years ago, um, and people had said because of the AIDS crisis and the HIV and AIDS crisis that that people's behaviors would would, would change, um, but but that didn't happen. It it happened during the scare, uh, but after the scare, some years after the scare, um, it has it has not continued. So that would be my concern with um, of the COVID 19 as well. You know. Uh, people may change for a while, for a year or two, but then go back to you know other other things you know that they did and how they lived prior to the outbreak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for those comments. I just I just want to comment. Um, uh, you know, with the about the HIV. HIV is you know it's terrible. It still is terrible. It hasn't gone anywhere either. And the scare of that, um, um, and of the spread of that in our in our in our nation and in our world, um, it was it was big, but it was not as big and grasp holding as this coronavirus um, that has definitely shut our world down. And um, it's unfortunate that people. Um, did not learn from um, the things that have happened in the past. Um, it's unfortunate, and I've talked about this on my programs before, that some um, some of us do not learn from our past. Uh, they go through things and they keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. My hope and my prayer is that people look at this that's happening um, right now <clears throat> and um, excuse me and know that this is serious business, that this is not no joke, as I've said earlier. And that changes, changes. Notice I said 
changes need to occur, you know, immediately, you know, it, it, it imminently it needs to. This article goes on to say, Reginald, that a roadmap report released by the Conservative Learning American Enterprise Institute, authored by former Food and Drug Administration Commissioner Scott Gottlieb, other former FDA officials and experts at John Hopkins University, identified three phases. He said the first phase is slow the spread. Now, this is where the U.S. is now. That, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, in this country, we are slowing the spread. The second phase, state-by-state state reopening of the economy. And third phase, establish immunity to live physical distancing. Okay? Only in that third phase will life return to the closest thing to normal, the report concludes. Gottlieb has served as somewhat of an outside advisor to the federal government during the coronavirus crisis, providing briefing and making the rounds on television. Now, the U.S. will only be able to move to a state-by-state reopening of the economy when there is a sustained reduction in cases for at least 14 days. Hospitals have the capacity to treat all patients without being overwhelmed. Everyone showing symptoms can be tested, and the state can actively monitor confirmed cases and contacts. At this point, most states appear to still be weeks away from being able to do this, and the nation is still ramping up testing. The uh, the um, article also says, Reginald, that the nation will not return to the closest version of normal until a vaccine is widely available to the public. This is what um, Dr. Anthony Fauci says. While private companies are racing to be the first to offer a proven effective vaccine, such a vaccine is likely still at least a year away to becoming available to the public, experts say. Your comments, Reginald? Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, what, what Dr. Fauci said. I was I was going to uh, articulate that as well, but I uh, had lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, once, and, and that's regarding, um, you know, a widespread um, of vaccination or, or, or medication, you know, to wipe it out. Um, uh, just like polio, uh, measles, mumps, chickenpox, hysteria, um, uh, uh, you, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, medication for that, that is, uh, radically wiped that off the face of the earth. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think with uh, a medication, um, that, uh, that, uh, uh, they can come up with, uh, for this COVID-19 will assist in getting, uh, the country and the world back, back to normal and, and rightly so. Uh, what mm-hmm. I was stating about HIV and AIDS earlier is that uh, one reason why things have gotten back to pre-HIV uh, uh, AIDS um, uh, scare is because of the great medication, uh, because of the uh, medication now that you know people uh, with HIV can live their lives, and and, and thank goodness for that. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, because, you know, it, it, it was a scare. <clears throat> and I think after 20-something, 30-something years, now we have a tendency to uh, maybe not realize how scary it was 
uh, d- during that time. You know, different things than, than COVID-19, of, of, of course, different way to get it, of, of course. Um, but um, uh, with, with, with polio and uh, chicken pox and all of the other things, it was, you know, it was, it was the same type of, of scare that the population mm-hmm. had that people experienced. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but what I was saying is that HIV, it was a scare, I'm not discounting that at all. But what I'm saying is that, um, but just like the HIV scare, people did things to avoid the up ramp of it spreading, <clears throat> excuse me, like with your sexual contact and other things that had to be implemented. So this is the same thing that, that Dr. Fauci and, uh, the, and the other um, um, specialists that I listen to um, say that it, that is going to have to take place in order for us to be able to live some, you know, live in the normal of what we depict the normal in our lives, but you have to continue to do these things so that you can be safe. And they did these things because it took years for them to come up with some type of antibody that would combat HIV. So this is what I'm saying. So that, you know, things are not going to be normal because pre, you know, the HIV thing, it was not as strong worldwide as, as this coronavirus is. But people learned along the way of things not to do so that they would not contact, you know, that that bad disease either. So I'm hoping that people uh, remember these parts of history and teach them to your children who were not here um, in God's beautiful world with us when this was happening and talk to them about it. So there's a lot of things that can be done as we are isolating ourselves, um, you know, um, in, you know, in the in the world that so that as things continue to get better. So I, I have a, 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 you know, a question, Reginald, I, you know, like, how do you feel um, about the social distancing? And um, do you think that this is something that should continue to be practiced or become customary in our society? Now, what I mean by that is that I like the fact of how uh, when you go into a store now and you see that because human beings have to be made to do a lot of things, unfortunately, um, and social distancing is one. Uh, Pre this, when you were standing in line, um, human beings would be standing too close to one another. Now they have the markings on the floor where you stand here, you stand here, and you stand here. I used to talk to varying um, stores that I went to, and I talked, used to talk to them about this for years. And so now I see that they have to do it. So do you think that the that this is what I mean by customary in our society? that this is something that you should leave these markings on the floor and also the distancing that they have uh, when you want to talk to one of the uh, the cashiers or, if, you know, in the banks or 
um, at the uh, customer service um, um, areas in the grocery stores or whatever, they all have implemented barriers. Do you think that this is something that should become customary in our society? I, I think it should. And I think just for that is something that should have been implemented before for not only your your uh, uh, personal safety, you know, as far as if someone has a cold or flu or something like that, um, uh, uh, I mean, your physical safety, but your personal safety at, as, as well. When you're, if you're standing in line and you're taking care of business at the post office or you're paying for uh, uh, clothes at, at Kohl's or you're in the grocery store, you know, you're transitioning, you're, you're, you're doing your business, you know, with your cash or credit card or debit card or whatever. And people should have, you know, the common courtesy to stand back to allow mm-hmm. you to take care of your of your personal business. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, a month or two or three ago, I was at the gas station and I'm, you know, uh, 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 paying for my gas. And, you know, I think I picked up a lottery ticket or something like that. And it was a guy uh-huh. standing behind me and, and he came, you know, as I'm doing transition to doing my business, he puts his things on the counter n- next to me and standing by me. And I told him, hey, you know, dude, move back. I'm, I'm still mm-hmm. here. I'm still doing this. Move back. It was mm-hmm. disrespectful, number one. Number yes. two, I don't know if he was trying to be intimidating or whatever. And number three was just ignorance. You know, yes. Um, mm-hmm. And and not only with the COVID-19, but if someone has a you know, cold or flu or whatever, they need to give you that distance. So if someone sneezes or they're coughing or whatever, you're standing in line, you know, you have some space, mm-hmm. um, you know, behind you. And then mm-hmm. another thing, just being just, you know, it used to be back in the day, this old saying elbow room, Daniel Boone. You know, in other words, you know, give me an arm's length. When we're talking, you don't need to be like two, you know, uh, an inch from my face unless you're, you know, somebody significant to me, you know, child, my child, nephew, niece, uncle, you know, your wife, husband or whatever. You know, other than that, you need to give someone that arm's length when you're talking to them. So I hope, exactly. I hope this continues after, you know, as, as we wrap and get rid of this COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, as I said before, when I, you know, would go into um, a grocery store and if I needed to go over to the um, um, services area there and, and uh, tend to some business there, um, it was very often that I would have to tell a person, you know, um, stand back and give me 10. And they would look at me like, what do you mean? I'm like, get 10 feet away from me. You're standing in my area. Um, and I have experience what you have done uh, with people, they will come right up and stand next to you. And um, unfortunately, the person behind the counter, nine times out of 10, is not going to say nothing. So it's up to me to to protect myself. And I have no um, I have no issues of telling a, a person to stand back that you're invading my space and it's disrespectful. You know, so having said that, I feel that um, when we talked last month and we had uh, Michelle Kubas on and we were talking about um, the diminished of social graces and things like that, um, um, that I feel that respect is going to have to be retaught to a lot of our society members 
And I think that this is one way of doing it. And in addition um, to Reginald, that it will implement the social stances that is needed because it's going to be a while before this thing is in a you know perspective place that we can you know even take another breath a deep breath about it you know what i'm saying so i think that um um that there are as i said in my beginning uh monologue that there are lessons to be learned in in what's going on in our society right now there are lessons to be learned um you can point the finger who's to blame who's to blame for this that da 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 there are people that that could have done things better uh, regarding regarding the the um, outbreak of this for sure. Um, our government, for one, could have done a whole lot better. They knew about it. They could have done a whole lot better. I'm not going to di- be discussing a bunch of that on my program today. However, they didn't do what they're supposed to do. But you know, we as society need to do what it is that we need to do. And we and I think that one of them is that we need to be kinder to one another to ourselves because that's where it starts first. So when you see people that act this way, they aren't kind to themselves. They don't love themselves. They don't respect themselves. And they feel that they can just go out in society and disrespect others as they disrespect themselves. Because it's not, oh, no, I love myself, but I'm going to disrespect you. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. And I didn't need to go to school to study about a bunch of mental this and that to understand that because I am a student of common sense. So the thing is, is that I, I hope that individuals learn these lessons as we're going, you know, going along for this, you know, things that we need to uh, clear and and um, uh, implement and or re-implement about ourselves, you know, for instance, uh, for, for uh, instance, any comments, Reginald? Well, you know, common sense and mental health therapy are two two different things. Uh, you know, um, uh, you can have common sense or should have common sense, and you know, without being a mental health health therapist, you don't have to you know uh, uh, you know be a mental health therapist in order to have common sense. Those are things that hopefully people have and and that they were taught. You know, just 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 taught to be. Uh, respectful of, of of others, and it starts with the small things. It starts with the you know not being so close to somebody when they're taking care of their business. It starts with holding the door for someone as as you're going in and out of the store. It it it, it starts with you know how you look at a person as they're walking past you. You know are you are you know are you looking at them? You know are your personal uh, grievances or hatred or you know, things like that coming out as you're walking past someone who's who's different from you, who's a different color than you, a different sex from you, a different height from you, you know, all, all of that. Uh, so mm-hmm. it goes down to goes down to 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 the core of how, you know, people are going to are going to have to change. And and all of this, uh, you know, the, the 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 stupidity that's coming from these daily briefings, as I call them. Uh, from from Trump, that that's one of the main things that shows me, and I hope shows other people that that needs to change because the way he behaves, the way he talks to the reporters, the names that he calls the reporters. See, he hasn't learned 
And those are the things that have to change. There's no reason for him That's to be so hateful and 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 and, and caustic and 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 act so truculent towards these reporters who are just simply doing their job doing their, and holding him accountable for the failure, the utter failure of his administration and the utter failure of of what he and his minions did not do for this COVID uh, virus. Exactly. Now, I don't want to have too much a discussion with him because uh, I'm sorry about him. Uh, that will be the next show. But right now, I want to give people, um, you know, information that's going to help them knowing that that um, um, that this thing can be taken care of. And it is my prayer and my hope that in a month from now, when I speak to my listeners, um, is that things will have ex- improved exponentially. And um, and I and I see that that it can do that. And um, and I'm just claiming that that it will do that because I know people out there in society don't want this um, kind of um, um, scare and um, this disease going out going on in their world and things like that. I mean, it's not only um, our government that needs to change. It's also, you know, businesses that need to change as well and how they treat their employees and uh, landlords and um, how how. Um, uh, people, uh, uh, spouses treat one another and uh, ch- uh, siblings uh, react to one another. And so it's just a whole, it's a big learning uh, curve that needs to happen, you know, um, as we are doing all of this. Um, uh, what I'm saying should be customary um, social distancing that's in our society. Now, one thing that I also want to talk about is that I'm very pleased to hear the donations that are going on during this moment in time that we are dealing with. There are a lot of people out there that are helping immensely. And um, one of my things is that I would like for the media to report on the great things that are happening in our our world and stop every second of the day uh, across your, your computing devices. You're getting nothing but bad news all the time. Um, these, you know, it's, it's just like with, I was listening to, uh, CBS Sunday morning this past Sunday uh, with my husband and they I was listening to a report that says that there is not a shortage of toilet paper. Now, for all of you who listened to me last month, I did re- uh, did a report on why people react to not having enough toilet paper. I did that whole thing. So you can pull that broadcast up. And um and listen to it because I don't have time to go through everything that that I said uh, in that past um, uh, report. But just knowing that my um, broadcasts are archived, so you can pull it up and listen to it if you would like. And um, they said that there's no such thing as a shortage of of these these items, uh, paper towel and things. So you question one of intelligence will question themselves and say, okay, well, why are they doing this? Well, I do believe that people did do a run on all of these things, which took out their uh, back stock of these items, which they had to, you know, go to their vendors and and get restocked and things like that. But what I'm alluding to here is as a society, let's not do things that will cause additional fear in people. As I said in my monologue, 
it's very important not to have fear because fear is the number one thing that will diminish our immune system because fear transcends into a lot of things. Then none of them are good. You know, so fear is not something that comes from God. Fear is a learned behavior once we entered this uh, this world. Um, so I, you know, I, I just wanted I just wanted to say that. But anyway, I, I am very happy that the donations are, 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 you know, very good that they're ramping up for all of the, you know, for people that can donate um, because it's unfortunate that behind all of this, um, you know, uh, people have, you know, lost their jobs. And um, and I know that creates a lot of um, fear and tension and stress and and these kinds of things. And once again, all of this alludes to the fact of a diminished immune system and we need to have a strong immune system. And this is why I said also, you know, to do your best to um, have your, you know, uplift your spirits. Don't listen to all of this uh, news coming across. Don't don't talk about it. Don't discuss it, especially when the evening is coming and you need to rest your mind. So but um, hats off to all of those that are, are donating uh, to food banks and and maybe um, uh, your neighbors, your 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 family members and things like that. I donate uh, quite a bit um, to uh, varying charities. I always have. So um, I ramped up my donations here uh, because I don't want to see people, you know, hurting and not being able to have food and and, and things of this nature. So I wanted to uh, to say that. The next report is that <clears throat> U.S. coronavirus death projection reduced to 60,000 based on leading model by Julie Maziata on 4-8-2020. It says the U.S. death toll from the new coronavirus COVID-19 is now projected to be 60,000, a significant drop from earlier projections, Reginald. Health officials said in late March that their leading model from the Institute for health metrics and evaluation at the University of Washington estimated that 100,000 to 200,000 Americans would die from the, by the end of the summer and that the peak number of deaths would come in the middle of April. There are, however, asterisks to the new numbers. The IHME model, which predicts the peak in deaths in each state, has been questioned for its accuracy. In Colorado, for example, health experts said the IHME model says their peak has already passed, which they do not agree with. Washington, D.C. is also using a different model that suggests the peak will occur in late May, while the IHMI model says it will it will be soon in mid-April. This is what the Post is reporting. My question is this, Reginald. Will the real model please stand up? <laughs> your your comments? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's so many different, you know, you know, this will happen, that will happen. You know, people need to hear one unified voice thing of, of you know, what is going to happen, what they need to do, you know, what the projections are. I'm not sure nobody knows, you know, 100% of what the projections are, but to have some real model of, of, of what to expect. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I've heard the same thing differently. You know, some people say the peak will be uh, in, in, in April. Uh, some uh, say the peak will be in May. And, and there's times, unfortunately, I think when you have, uh, you know, something like this going on or, or something serious that, you know, people want to have, don't want to, well, they want to kind of do their own thing and say they are their own thing or to sensationalize and, you know, this mm-hmm. isn't a time for sensationalization. You know, we need just good, old-fashioned information, and that's all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, here's my thing. As I was reading, you know, these um, varying um, reports and things, you know, um, as I was gearing up to broadcast today, and um, this is something that has been a, you know, topic of discussion, um, you know, with my family and things like that. And I was just discussing this with um, my youngest son, Cedric. And um, I was just saying that I, you know, the media needs to be, you know, collective and say, look, we know that this is something that is really bad that's happening out here. And we need to, um, you know, not listen to, um, you know, a, a um, 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 you know, the person in the White House that slays build, who he is not an expert. His son-in-law certainly is not an expert. His daughter certainly is not an expert. Mike Pence is not an expert. He got all of these wrong people that are supposed to be spearheading you know, the re- resolution for this country. And that's a dangerous situation. And um, I wish that the media would just report on what they need to report on um, because all of this, uh, whether they believe it or not, plays into people's hope. It plays into people's fears um, about, oh, this is, this is, we're never going to get over this. We're never going to, we don't, you know, I don't want to hear anyone say that. As I said before, nothing lasts forever but God's love. Nothing. That we can get over this. We got over other things in our society um, that has um, um, come before us, but we can get over this regardless of the failure of the government of this country. Regardless of the failures. Because one thing that they forget is that they're they're not working for themselves, that they're working for us. Um, you know, Reginald, when you hear um, the person in a White House that slaves built says inept things, and I said I'm not going to talk, we will talk about him next month. Um, and we're not going to talk about him that much either because things you talk about you give, you give uh, power to is that when he says things that it's not the federal government's responsibility to assist the states in their needs, particularly now. I'm not going to stand on the corner, he said recently, and pass out uh, tests. This is not the federal government's job. Well, as I said earlier, we need to all learn from what it is that we've done before. Now, going back to 2016, 
he did not win the presidency. However, uh, he did not win the popular vote. Let me be very distinct about that. He did not win the popular vote and he did not win the regular vote. He won because of some archaic method known as the, um, um, I'm, I, I lost my train of thought right there, that known as the um, a, a portion that, you know, you can get a person in just by uh, this or that. College. Yeah, the electoral yeah. college. Thank you. There was the electoral college, which is something that that occurred way back during slavery when the slave owners could um, um, volumize their voices in voting by using their slaves and counting them as three fifths of a human being. My question has always been, why do you still have something that doggone negative still existing in our country? That's all I'm saying. But, you know. Any comments, Reginald? I have just about a couple of more minutes. No, I have something. No I have something good that. that I want to say to my listeners. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want to say that here's a good news story: a landlord weighs April rent for 200 tenants, and amid pandemic, wants everybody healthy. And this is um, by Minnie Von Burke from Today.com, reported on 4/4/2020. A New York City landlord is giving his 200 tenants one less thing to worry about amid the coronavirus pandemic as he waived rent for the month of April. I want everybody to be happy and healthy, he says. That's the whole thing, Maria Salerno told NBC New York, NBC News New York. Salerno owns roughly 80 apartments across Williamsburg and Greenpoint, Brooklyn. He said after some of his tenants told him that they were worried, see, there we go worried about paying rent because they lost their jobs due to the pandemic, he decided to take action. On March 30th, he posted a notice on the front doors of all of his buildings announcing, due to the recent pandemic of coronavirus COVID-19 affecting all of us, please note, I am waiving rent for the month of April. Nathan Nicholas, who owns two units in Portland, Maine, told his tenants several weeks ago that they don't have to worry about paying the, paying the rent for April. He told today that his sister works in the service industry and was getting stressed out about the income she was going to lose. And he knew his tenants were feeling the same anxiety in San Diego, California, Reginald. And my listeners, Jeff Larrabee's 18 tenants were told that they would not have to pay rent. Hello for the next three months. Wow. OK, so wow. this That's these bizarre. are the things that I want. Um, the news media um, to re, uh, to report on, um, you know, for people who are, are listening to them because they know people are listening to them. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, guide their lives by what it is that they're saying. They believe them. And there is not only just these people that I've that I've um, talked about, Reginald, there are. Um, there are other people out there just like them, and I want people to know that, that there are people out there who are concerned about their fellow human being. Okay, Rachel, so guess what? We have run out of time. It goes by so, 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 so quickly. I appreciate you listeners listening to me. This Sunday is Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Good Friday. Be kind to yourselves. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Be kind to others. Thank you, Rachel, for being on my show. I'll talk to you next month. This is Teresa E. Keys. God bless you all.